we teach a lot about our faith walk. We have a lot of uh, conferences and seminars uh, talking about our faith walk, but we do very little teaching on our faith talk. Because, you know, we don't realize this, but if we aren't careful, your talk is going to cancel out your walk. And you need to think about that. It's really important. The title to my message tonight is called Faith in the Unseen. Saints, no matter what your circumstances are, it's your tongue that will always turn you around, turn the situation around. I know that I teach an awful lot on the Word of God, but He is His Word. And that's, that's my calling. That's what I have been called and anointed to do. You know, as I heard Brother Norval Hayes the one time, the Lord called him and told him that he wanted him to teach his people how to talk. And it's so important. And basically, I guess that's what I'm doing when I'm teaching you the Word of God and what the Lord gives me is teaching you how to talk. In other words, to talk His talk, not your talk or what the enemy and those thoughts that He puts in you, but what God has to say. And so it's really important, like I said, that no matter what your circumstances is, that your tongue is always going to turn them around. And remember that your tongue becomes the pen of a ready writer. Did you know that your tongue is actually writing your future? According to Psalms 45.1, it says in Psalms 45.1, in Amplified Version, it says, My heart overflows with a goodly theme. I address my psalm to a king. He says, My tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. What is David saying here? He is saying that he addresses his words to a king. He's talking about God and that his tongue, he says, begins to speak. And saints, faith-filled words will overcome any obstacle, any obstacle that you're facing in here tonight, whether it's sickness in your body or a financial or a family or whatever it is, that it will overcome any obstacle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Faith is in the unseen realm. Your words will begin to respond to the unseen realm. And I want you to listen to this. And I think, why wouldn't they respond to you? Why wouldn't your words respond in the unseen realm? You are a spiritual being. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. This Bible was written by a spiritual being for spiritual beings. And that's why he tells us in his word that those that do not know him cannot understand this word. It was not written for them. It was written for spiritual beings. And that's who we are. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are now a spiritual being having a human experience. So if you want to turn something in a different direction... You need to use your mouth and you need to learn to say. As a matter of fact, I would suggest that if you have something that needs to go in a different direction tonight, in other words, if you want your body to lean in toward the healing side or your finances, you need some uh, things there, I, I would suggest that you use your mouth like a steering wheel. You know, when, when you're driving your car, you got the steering wheel. When you want to go into a different direction, you stop. And you can turn, make a curve, but if you really want to make a, a turn, you have to stop, and then you have to turn in the other direction. And that's the way you really have to use your tongue. Your tongue is the pen of a ready rider. It's the one that's going to change everything for you. So in order to, for the things to change, you're going to have to turn it. Yeah. 
Are you, are you hearing me? In other words, you're never going to move that mountain of debt until you, have a, until you start a conversation with those bills. Are you hearing me? You're never going to move. If you've got a mountain of bills in front of you, you're never going to move that mountain until you start having a conversation with it. And you're not going to experience healing in your body until you start talking to your sick body. Are you hearing me? You have got to speak to your body. God is waiting to hear faith and see faith and waiting for you to act on your faith. And let me share this with you. Faith does not know time. Faith does not know how to read time. Faith does not look at clocks and calendars. As a matter of fact, the Lord God said that to him, a day is like a thousand years and a, a thousand years is like a day. There's no clocks in heaven. There's no clocks on faith. Sometimes you can pray for something and it'll happen like that. And sometimes it takes a while. It might take months. It might take weeks. Who knows? You know, some might, I've gotten some, experienced some in days, some months, and some almost as soon as I prayed. You know, it, it has, like I said, it has no time. It's our faith in the unseen that causes things to happen. The law of faith says that you must believe before you see it, even if you don't feel it. And most of the time, brothers and sisters, you aren't going to feel it. You aren't going to feel anything. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the God Word translation says, Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things that we cannot see. In verse 3 it says, Faith convinces us that God created the world through His Word. This means what can be seen was made by something that could not be seen. I'm well aware that these verses have been taught in this church hundreds of times. But also know that it doesn't hurt to keep hearing them over and over and over again. I hear messages over and over and over and over again, and I keep backing them up and playing them again, backing them up and playing them again. I'm not so smart that I get it the first time around. And sometimes I have to play it many times before I get it. And sometimes I don't get it then. Maybe down the road a, a week or two later, all of a sudden, it'll dawn on me what the Lord was talking about. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. He's saying here that your, your present troubles are small ones. And he said they're not going to last long. He says, but yet they produce in us a, 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 a glory. They produce in us a glory when we're going through these trials and stuff. He says that will vastly outweigh them. And he said, and they will last forever. In verse 18, it says, so don't look at the troubles that we can see now. He said, rather fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. He says, for the things that we see now will soon be gone, brothers and sisters. But the things we cannot see, he says, will last forever. Think about that for a second. You know, I read this little story recently about a little girl in the third grade who chose, who had chosen to investigate electricity for her class report. So she wrote to the General Electric Company, and she wrote, I'm trying to get all the information I can, so please send me any booklets and papers that you have. Also, would you send me a little sample of electricity? 
You know, as innocent as her letter is, you just have to smile and maybe laugh at yourself just a little bit because we do the same thing with God. We are forever asking God for a tangible proof of His presence, and some even throw out fleeces. Saints, we don't have to throw out fleeces anymore. We have the Holy Spirit as our teacher and helper, and He's ever ready to guide us and give us direction. All He's doing is waiting for us to ask. No matter what it is that you want to know, He has the answer. He's the only one that has the answer. And if you will follow Him, if you'll ask Him, He'll give you the answer, and you'll always be doing it right. Whether it's in your ministry, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your family, whatever it is, Holy Spirit knows. But we want concrete evidence of what we can't see in the supernatural, even though the Word tells us it's by faith that we receive, as the Lord tells us in Hebrews 11. In Mark, 20, in Mark 21, 22, in the New Living Bible, it says, tells us the same thing, just worded it just a little bit different. And this is what Jesus did immediately after the disciples had witnessed the, the withering up of the fig tree that Jesus cursed the day before. And this is what Jesus told them. He said, I tell you the truth. He says, if you have faith and don't doubt, he said, you can do the things like this and much more. He said, you can even say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. And verse 22 says that you can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Wow, that's simple. In verse 24 in the um, WEB, in the World English Bible, says, Therefore I tell you, all things, whatever you pray and ask for, he says, believe that you have received them, and you shall have them. In other words, he that believeth, haveth. He that does not believeth, do not haveth. Is that simple? You believe it, you have it. I say again, when you fill your mouth with faith-filled words, God's words, you will overcome any obstacles that get in your way. That's what Jesus was teaching them. When he cursed a fig tree, he was using that as an example of what they could do. He told them the same thing in Mark eleven twenty three. And saints, we can do the same thing as the disciples. We can. There's no difference. Jesus says in Luke eighteen eight in the easy read version, he says, I tell you, God will help you. He will help his people quickly. But when the Son of Man comes again, will he find people on earth who believe in him. Wow. Another translation says, will he find faith on the earth when he returns? And you know, that's a good question today. When Jesus comes back, will he find faith on the earth? Saints, faith is in the unseen realm. And I've said that before and I'm saying it again. And as I said before, your words will begin to respond to the unseen world when you begin to release them. It is faith in the unseen that causes things to happen. You're not going to get any results until you start having faith in the things that you can't see. It does not take any faith to believe in the things that you can see. 
Anybody can do that. In 2 Corinthians 4.18 in the God Word translation, it says, we don't look for things that can be seen, but for things that can't be seen. Things that can be seen are only temporary, but things that can't be seen last forever, you know, and this should be really shouting news. This should really be exciting news because whatever you're experiencing right now in your life is only a temporary thing. And that is what the Word is saying. He's saying here what you're experiencing right now is a temporary thing. Whatever that thing is you're going through right now, it's a temporary thing because you can see it. Now, if you couldn't see it, that might be different. <laughs> I realize, like I said, I'm repeating myself, but I want you to get this. When the Lord gave me this message, He impressed upon me that we don't have to win a lottery ticket to have the things that you need in this life or that you need in your life. You only need to be a better writer. Also believe in God's Word enough to write it down. And what I mean by that is you need to use your mouth more and giving voice to God's Word and trusting Him more and marking down what He tells you. There are many people out there every day buying lottery tickets, spending money that they don't have, just hoping that one, this will be their lucky one, just hoping that today was the lucky day. You know, as a matter of fact, they probably think to themselves, I know this is the one. I know it is. I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my guts. My guts tell me that this is it. This is the right, you know, this is my lucky day. But God's word warns us against rich schemes. In Proverbs 28, 20, in the God word translation, it says a trustworthy person has many blessings, but anyone in a hurry to get rich will not escape punishment. And friends, that's what lottery tickets are. It's quick riches. I know that this is only one example of many ways to get quick riches, but here in Virginia, it seems to be the most obvious. I used to have a friend many years ago that used to spend almost $100 a week on lottery tickets between her, you know, between her and her husband. And I know that probably doesn't sound like a lot of money to some of you right now, but that was a little bit more back then. And the last time I saw them, they were no better off, brothers and sisters. And they did this faithfully every week. They'd always go down to the service station or wherever, and they would buy tickets. But you know, because... They would only win just enough to sucker them into buying more tickets. For Satan would entice them by saying, surely the next ticket will be the winning ticket. Surely it's going to be the big one. Saints, it's a trick of the devil. He gives you just enough to keep you hooked, just to keep you hanging on. Just enough rope to hang yourself. Isn't that how the devil tricks you? We see the same thing on TV today, or we hear it on the radio. People dangling a carrot in front of you, telling you that if you'll give this amount, then all your debts are going to be paid off, that your body's going to be healed, that you're going to get that breakthrough that you've been longing for and praying for. 
But I got news for you. The God that we serve doesn't work that way. God is not for sale, nor is any of his blessings for sale. Everything from God comes through faith in him. Are you hearing me? It, it comes no other way. You know, I sometimes wonder where this couple would be today if they had put their faith and trust in God as well as all other, as well as all those others that have fallen for the dangling carrot. You know, for the God says he promises that he will give you 30, 60, or even a hundredfold return on your investment into his kingdom, according to Matthew 13, 23. And he also promises us in Mark 10, 30, he says, but he shall receive a hundred times now, now, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. When did Jesus tell, when did Jesus tell them they would receive it? Now, in this time. Saints, it's just a matter of who you put your faith and your trust in. Let's read this scripture again. It says in Hebrews 11, 1 in New Living Translation, it says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. He said, By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors. That's what set them above the crowd. Hallelujah. Friends, your faith is going to be what sets you above the others in this world too. And let me remind you, you don't have to understand the whole Bible for it to work for you. No one understands it all. But we need to act on what we do understand. And as we do, God will reveal more truth to us. If we just act on the parts that we do understand, then he will reveal more truth to us. I, you know, and no, like I said, no one understands it all. As I said, I don't understand it all either. I don't imagine Pastor Larry understands it all. Or if he does, he's the first one. <laughs> you know, we can understand more than others. The more time you spend with the Lord, the more you're going to understand. But still, there's so much we don't understand. There's so much. It, it, there is no getting it all. There's no way we'll ever, ever get it all. And as I said before, I don't understand it all either, no more than I understand electricity and how it works. But it sure doesn't stop me from enjoying all the benefits of electricity. And it shouldn't, you know, interfere your, uh, with you either. Your words begin to do what you command them to do, and you may not realize this, but God's angels are standing by to help you too. Because the Lord has given them orders to hearken to His Word, according to Psalms 103.20 in the God Word translation. His Word says, Praise the Lord, all His angels, you mighty beings who carry out His orders and are ready to obey His spoken orders. You know, you may not realize this, but they're listening and they're waiting for you to speak God's word. In verse 21, it says, Praise the Lord, all his armies, his servants who carry out his will. In other words, he says, if you are speaking faith-filled words, God's angels are hearkening to them. And they have orders from God himself to bring them about. And don't forget 
that the opposite can and will also happen. If you're speaking negative words, then the demonic spirits, they're hearkening to your words. And you'll certainly get more than what you bargained for. As a matter of fact, you know, we, we get angry with people when it's not the people that we need to be getting angry with. The, the people that are bad-mouthing our government, our president, or, or, or our friends, or, or, or bad-mouthing you or me, they're, they're not doing The enemy, they, they're a mouthpiece for the enemy, just as we are supposed to be mouthpieces for our Lord and Father. They're doing the same thing for the enemy. They're being a mouthpiece for him, but they don't recognize it. They don't know that. They're not smart enough to know that because they have not accepted the Lord as their Savior, so they don't, they don't, don't have that understanding. And my mouth, my mouth and your mouth must stay in agreement with the Word of God. In Proverbs 16, 23, in the King James, where they said, the mind of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. And this scripture, as far as I can see, implies that we have to train our mouths. It don't just happen. We can't just start speaking God's word without some practice. You got to practice. Saints, did you know that you can school yourself in the faith with your own words? That means, for instance, if you're struggling with feelings, thoughts of doubt, or you can actually school yourself in the word. Remember, the word of God is a spoken thing that it was actually spoken before it was written. And it was written so it could be spoken. Know that the word of God did not come out of God's pen. It came out of God's mouth. So the speaking part of faith becomes essential. It becomes vital. And that's why I speak on it. I believe that's why the Lord has me speak on it so much. There's, and sometimes I speak on other things. And I would like to speak on a lot of other things. <laughs> but then I wouldn't be obedient. So in order to do what the Lord, in order to be obedient, then you have to do what the Lord asks you to do. Even if you think another sermon would go across better. Doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, I had a couple of sermons I thought, Lord, they sure would be more powerful, you know. <laughs> uh, but I, I know this. I don't, I don't know everything. Uh, as a matter of fact, I know very little. But I believe all the messages, he has a purpose for all of them. But the, especially the ones that, that I feel like could be a little different or maybe a little stronger, that whether it's someone in the congregation here tonight or somebody listening online or somebody that's going to hear this message in Africa or London or wherever in the United States, it's going to be a word that's going to help them. And he's using me to get it to them. And so we have to be obedient to what the Lord wants. Pastor Larry's preaching. Maybe he preaches something that didn't minister to you, but it ministered to somebody. The Lord don't give you something without a purpose. And I feel honored that he would let me. As a matter of fact, I was putting this message together and I, he and I were having a conversation. <laughs> we often have conversations. And I was praying and we were having a conversation and he brought me to tears, you know. I, I was thinking, Lord, 
you could have chosen anybody to do this, but you chose me, a nobody, uneducated, don't know much, but you know, I don't have any initials in front of my name behind it, but I have the best teacher in the world. And he honored me by letting me be a mouthpiece for him. So why wouldn't I want to do what he asked me to do? You know, and that's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. We just need to have a talk, a little talk with God. You've heard that song, have a little talk with Jesus. We need to have more of those little talks with Jesus. I felt so humble. And I won't go into all the details because it's not in the message, but it doesn't matter. I can see nobody knows what the Lord had to work with. Only I know what he started out with. And so I know what he, he, he took and where, where he has brought me. And, and so that makes me, I don't know, uh, like I said, I, I just, I sat there and I could feel his presence so heavy. It's like I could just feel both his arms around me, letting me know it's okay, Joe. It's okay. You know, I don't have it, but I have the dedication. I have the willingness. I don't always have the boldness, but I'm praying for more boldness because I do believe as the days are getting closer that he's going to be giving me more heavier assignments and he's going to be asking me to speak things that maybe I don't want to or maybe be afraid to. So I've already begun to ask God to please, Lord, remove that spirit of man off of me and replace it with a spirit of boldness so I can be the vessel that you want me to be. Because only if I do what he asked me to do is it going to make any difference. He has a way... When you talk to him, he'll tell you so much. And he wasn't, um, he wasn't judging me. He was just showing me what he can do. And he was letting me know that all that other stuff that I thought was important, that other people think is important to be able to work for him, is not. Because he's got it all. And he can give you any and everything that he wants you to have whatever it is. Amen. Know that the word of God did not come out, like I said, out of God's pen. It came from God's mouth. So the speaking part of faith becomes essential. It becomes vital. Also, marking down, writing down what God speaks to you. The spoken word only lasts for a moment. But when you mark it down, it lives forever. As a matter of fact, you're now reading books from people who are not here anymore. Even the Bible. The Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what it would be like if the people God spoke to were not obedient to write down what was being spoken to them, what the Holy Spirit was inspiring them to write have you ever given any thought to the fact that God is looking around today, tonight, 
to see if he can find someone today that will believe his words enough to mark them down? When God spoke to Moses and sent him up to Mount Sinai in Exodus 34 and verse 27, 28, then the Lord said to Moses, write down these words because on the basis of these words, I'm making a promise to Israel and to you. I believe God, when God spoke these things to me, I knew that I needed to write them down and that he would bring them to pass. Even though in the natural, when I was writing them down, it seemed like an impossibility. And these are just a, a few books. But, you know, he tells you that, you know, and one of the things that I do remember is that is speaking that God is my source for all things. He's your, he's your source for all things. And, 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 I, and I written down here, I'm writing, I'm speaking and writing things down as the Lord places them into my spirit, my thoughts, back up and backing them up by scripture and all these things here and thanking him as he would give me page after page after page after page, write it down. I believe God. I, I, I did a message in the, at the revival over in Chesapeake, but it's called, I believe God. And as Paul says, I believe God, I believe it's going to be exactly the way he says it's going to be. And so when he tells me something, I believe it's going to be exactly the way he tells me it's going to be. I don't know when or where, but he's been telling me some more things. And I think he's been telling Pastor Larry some more things. But he will perform what he says he's going to do. There's no doubt in my mind. So keep that in mind and write it down, even though it might seem impossible. In verse 28, it said, Moses was there with the Lord for 40 days. And forty nights without food or water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the promise, the Ten Commandments. Think about that. Moses went and he spent time with God and he wrote down what God spoke to him, the Ten Commandments. Brothers and sisters, God, has God ever given you a word or a vision? And did you believe it enough to write it down? You need to ask yourself that question that night. Has God ever given you a word or a vision? And did you believe it enough to write it down? Or did you, were you afraid to write it down? Afraid that you weren't sure you heard from him? And afraid to write it down because you thought maybe it might not happen. It might not come to pass. So you just let it go. Maybe thinking it was another one of your thoughts. But God, when he gives you a thought, it's something you haven't thought of. It's always a created thought too. And, and, and it's something like I said, and I said, well, when, and you, you probably think, well, where'd that come from? I wasn't even thinking about that. Where'd that come from? And did you begin speaking it out? That's another thing in this. I wrote it down. I spoke it out. The words go out into the atmosphere and they create and they bring back what did God say in Isaiah? I send forth my word and it'll go where I send it and it'll accomplish the thing for which to I send it and it shall not return unto me void. In other words, it's not coming back empty-handed. None of this has come back empty-handed. It all came back just the way we sent it out. But he needed some help. God needs some help from you. 
He gives you an idea. He wants you to write it down or speak it out and continue confessing it. Believe Him enough to stand on that word and not let it go, regardless of how impossible it might seem. And all of this was as impossible as I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. As I was telling the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, you have blessed me so far above anything that I couldn't even think that much. I couldn't even think that high. That you have blessed me the way you have blessed me and continues to bless me. And that you can't even, uh, it, it just overwhelms me sometimes when I think about it. How many times have you heard your mom or dad say, mark my word, I'm not going to forget that. Especially if they were promising you a whipping. In other words, really what they were actually saying is, don't forget it. Don't you forget that. Mark my word, don't forget that. I'm serious. They're trying to let you know that they're serious. And God wants you to know tonight that he is serious about his words too. He wants you to speak it, mark it down so you won't forget them. There is something else you need to be made aware of. If you're silent, you will lose by default. You're going to actually have to lift your voice. Kind of like Paul and Silas did in prison in Acts 16. Their feet and legs were chained and bound, but their mouths were not bound and their mouths were not tied. Their mouths were free and they used them to praise God. And that's where, the, and that's where they won the battle, singing praises to God. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, you don't want to become like a career student. Professional students, never using what you know or using what you have. Your pastors and your teachers are not always going to be there to feed you. How many times did your parents tell you that? Mom and dad, you better learn how to do this on your own because I'm not always going to be here. And I've, been, I've, I've started saying that to my children. You really need to get a handle on this because I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not going to always be here for you to come running to. And neither is your pastor or teacher always going to be there when you need them. So you need to start practicing and learning and using the things that you're getting taught. You're being taught. I know you're being taught. Write it down. Do something. Do whatever it takes. Are you hearing me? You're going to have to use the things that you're being taught. Think of it this way. Your words carry more weight in your life than anybody's words. The words that come out of your mouth carries more weight than what anyone else can say. It carries more weight. It's more powerful than what anybody's words. And I know this sounds crazy, but your words carry even more weight than God's words. For instance, if He says you can and you say you can't, what's going to happen? You can't because you did not agree with Him. And He is not going to force you to speak His word because He's given you a free will, right? I'm not saying that our words are more powerful than God's. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying 
that what we say, and he gives us the words to speak, it carries more weight because we have to agree with him. We have to come into agreement with him. He's not going to force us. So your words will carry more weight. God's given us this choice. He's given us the ability to choose our words. So if he says, I'm righteous, why should I keep saying I'm no good, that I'm worthless? If he says I'm healed, why not, why not agree with him? Why do I say I'm not? Or, or I might say, well, I believe I'm going to be. Going to be is a futuristic term, and God is not a futuristic God. And when you say he's going to be, you might as well forget it because you're not going to be. You either believe you already are or you're not. That's as simple as that. Instead, thank God that he is your healer and that he is your great physician. Remember, when you're speaking, you're writing with your tongue or you could say you're writing your own future. And if you aren't careful, as I said before, your talk will cancel out your walk. In other words, you will believe on Sunday for something after hearing the word. As a matter of fact, you could believe something tonight after hearing this word. And then you will cancel it out with your words before you order Sunday's lunch. Between here, if we were having a morning service, you could hear the word from Pastor Larry or myself. And you could you say... Mm -mm. Ah, you know, all of a sudden, you know, your faith build up because your faith comes from hearing the word and your faith builds up and you got the faith. Well, I can, I can believe for this. And then before you could get over to the Cracker Barrel or whatever and place your order, you already canceled it out with your mouth. That's true. Saints, think about this. You always praise God for the victories that you know about. The ones he's already performed how about the victories that God is working on for you now that you don't know about? God's working. He never stopped. The Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. And so I don't think he's up there, you know, watching TV. He's working for us. He's answering prayers and he's working. In other words, don't wait to see your prayers answered to begin to praise God. That's not faith. As a matter of fact, if you don't start praising God after you pray and pray and talk to the Lord, unless you start praising Him and thanking Him in advance for Him, you probably won't see it. In closing, let me say this. We are beginning to enter into a new year, and a lot of people are making a lot of New Year's resolutions. I don't normally do this, at least not anymore at one time. I made my little stupid things along with everybody else's. And uh, actually, I never even thought about it. If any of them ever come to my pass or not. You know, it's just a silly tradition, I guess. However, this year, we can begin our new year with a prayer to be more sensitive to God's voice and believe Him enough that we will begin to mark down the things that He speaks to us through our spirits. As a matter of fact, I'd like for you to pray this prayer with me after me, and this can be your declaration for the new year, okay? Lord, I thank you that I am a sheep, and I thank you as a shepherd, you speak to sheep. Lord, 
I pray that I will realize that I have the ability to hear you and I will learn and mature in hearing your voice for your word says my sheep listen to my voice I know them and they follow me and Lord Jesus I make a commitment to listen to your voice and not to the voice of the enemy in the name of Jesus I pray Amen. Amen. That is a good prayer, a resolution for you to pray. And like I said, you know, uh, we speak speak a lot on, on the Word, uh, speaking the Word of God. Uh, I, I don't believe that I would be where I am today if I had not believed God, had not written it down, and had not begun to speak it out of my mouth. It has to come out of your mouth. It he creates your word. You, you, you put it out there and He creates. He's the creator and He creates. He creates with it. Father God, I thank You so much. I thank You for this message that You have blessed me with tonight. I thank You for the congregation that gathered here in Your presence to hear this word, Lord. I thank You, Father, that I truly believe that You anointed their ears afresh tonight and they received the, the, the word, they understood the word, they have a new understanding. And Father, I thank you, God, tonight that they'll have the wisdom and the grace to put to use what they heard. You said, Father God, if any man like wisdom, have him ask of you who gives liberally and upbraideth not. So Father, I ask you tonight for their sakes to that you ask them to give them extra wisdom, Lord, and the grace to be able to use the wisdom, to be able to use the words that they heard. And I pray, Father, that, that when they hear your word, when you speak to them and they hear the option of the Holy Spirit speaking to them, that they will immediately know that it's coming from you and they will immediately believe your word, believe it, mark it down and stand on it, Lord, date it, whatever they have to do, but primarily they will believe your word and they will mark it down, and they will begin to speak that word. And when they begin to speak that word, you will be able to create for them what they need to be created. And so, Father, we thank you tonight for the word, and thank you for your presence here tonight. And as we begin to take communion and honor you and glorify you, we give you all the praise and all the glory just to be able to participate. For it's in Jesus' name we praise you and we thank you. Amen.